This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's up? You know, living the best quarantine life I can, watching basketball, trying to avoid the news. How about you? Same. Same. We're just trying to live day by day, I guess. It's a pretty crazy world we're living in. Um, This is going to be a new version of Culture Check, and we're really excited about that. But before we get into that, of course, we wanted to kind of briefly touch on the news from last week, obviously. There's been a lot going on, firstly, with the the shooting of Jacob Blake, and there was a, you know, a public outcry about that. And then, you know, sports got shut down because of that and things like that. And then also, just to compound on everything that's been going on, uh, we learned about the, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. And we felt it necessary to delay the podcast. We were going to start this last week, and we got the news and we decided to to punt on it and kind of process things. And, you know, we considered dropping a podcast solely about Chadwick, which we might do um, in the future. But for me, I'll, you know, it was a it was a difficult week. That was, a, you know, really tough news just for everything that um, Chadwick meant to us and, you know, as a, as a culture. And, you know, we're just coming off of doing the black movies. Um, the black movie version of this pod. And so, you know, he's just, he was a, a towering figure in Hollywood and someone who played all these iconically, you know, black characters and things like that. So um, I guess what, what were your, how did you process, how have you been processing um, that loss with everything that's going on? Like, what did you, what were you doing when you heard the news? How did you find out about it? I guess. Um, I found out because of you, um, because I had like, tried to not have my phone. And so then you texted me, I saw it and I was like, Oh, what's Then I looked at the internet and I was like, ah, yes, this thing I wanted to avoid for this reason for news like this. Um, and it just like, is so we like, you know, obviously not knowing most celebrities in, in Hollywood, but like the, the significance of like Chadwick Boseman for like black film it's just like wow what a like punch in the face um because he played all of these like iconic roles and um it's kind of like what he means to the black community like it's just like oh man like that's such a bummer like after a week of just like and really months it's been months of just like garbage um to have that like man that's rough like representation matters and now someone who did a lot in terms of 
having black representation is like gone. I think that you can tell the significance of a loss like him just by the reaction. Yeah. Not just from the public, but also from, you know, celebrities. And we've, there's a tribute show that ABC did. ABC obviously is, is owned by Disney, which produces, which also owns Marvel and, you know, produces those movies. And a lot of his co-stars from not just Black Panther, but from the other movies he's, he's done have just, you know, they've expressed their shock and their grief. And for me, you know, as someone who, the first movie I saw him in was 42, where he played Jackie Robinson. And, you know, he played Jackie Robinson, he played James Brown, he played Thurgood Marshall, and he played, you know, the Black Panther. And to me, I just, when I think of him, I think of someone who just gave, like he gave and he gave uh, of his talent to to us. And he was very particular in the in the roles that he that he chose. And he was very much about, you know, uplifting and um, recognizing and representing the black experience and black excellence. And so for those reasons, you know, I'm very sad. I took it really hard. I think that it, it triggered some other losses that I had um, last year in 2019. A lot of people in my life uh, that I was close to, I lost. I lost my grandmother last year. I lost a cousin and I lost a friend, um, an old friend who um, was shot and killed and um, you know, Chadwick had this disease and and no one knew it. And that's also been sticking with me. So um, it's tough. It was, it's, it's a very tough loss. It's something, you know, it, it feels like there's very rarely a celebrity that death that impacts me like this. The last one that I felt this, it, this hard to me was Prince. So, um, and anyone who knows me knows how big of a, a Prince fan I am, but um, it's different in different rate, different ways. And I think that, you know, at some point we might again, do, do something specifically dedicated to Chadwick, but, um, this was tough. And so we just wanted to, to acknowledge that, you know, just right off the bat. Definitely. It was, it's definitely something that we couldn't not acknowledge, especially with everything going on. And like, again, no, no one knew that he was, like dealing with this. So it definitely needed to be talked about. We will, um, as fans and as, as, as people who, who love movies and are invested in black stories, this is, this is going to be a tough, tough one to grieve, but we'll continue to, um, honor his memory by, by rewatching those films forever, by telling our kids about them. I'm certainly, you know, I don't even know how I'm going to explain to my daughter about this, but, um, cause she loves black Panther, but, um, we're going to continue to, to honor the memory of, of people as, as powerful and as important as Chadwick, um, by trying to, you know, hopefully live in the way that they did with, with, um, with dignity and with integrity and by, you know, continuing to fight for what we believe in, um, using whatever methods possible we can. So shout out to Chadwick, shout out to everyone who's, um, grieving that loss, specifically the people who knew him and who loved him uh, personally. So we just wanted to, to say that for real. Um, let's talk about, um, great segue, Arnold. Uh, let's talk about uh, <laughs> what we're going to be doing. So again, we're coming off of the, the Black movie performances. We had a great mailbag episode. And so this is the, uh, do, we have a, do we have a title for this? What did we decide on for this? Ooh, let me check 
it was probably something that was alliteration. Because, I think so. Um, that would be on brand. Was it? It was like album review something. No album. I don't know. We'll we'll the the title is still working. But why don't you, Emily, if you would, <laughs> um, kind of explain what we're going to be talking about on these next few episodes. So on the next couple episodes, we will be talking about um, music. Um, as Arnold was talking about the like different what we're going to call it, um, it, it is because we're going to revisit old um, albums. So we're looking at albums from when we were in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, post-college, um, the year we were born, and then any year before we were born. And I think it opens it all up a lot when we look at an album that came out before we were born. Um, we're not that old, so lots of music came out before our birth. Uh, births. So that's kind of like what we're going to do. We're going to go through those, like we're each picking two albums from those like time frames. And then we're going to kind of put them into categories of like, like songs off the albums of like best song, worst song, most singable song, most underrated song. Um, and yeah, we're just going to chat about music. Be dope. I'm very excited for this. Um, I'm, excuse me, I'm a music fan. Would you classify yourself as a, as a music fan? I would say I'm a music fan. I would say I have like waves where there were like certain artists I was obsessed with and I probably should have listened to more music outside of those artists, but I like, I like most music and appreciate it. Well, that's a good, I guess that's a good intro to this. One of the questions that I wanted to ask you, I guess, which is just, um, we'll, we'll, talk about the albums that we chose so again this first episode we're going to be looking at albums that came out when we were both in elementary school and so I was um, very particular about that right I wanted to make sure because there was an album that I was going to pick that came out the last year that I was in um, it, it came out like the year like the summer months or something like that after I left fifth grade after I got done with fifth grade so I was like damn I can't pick it <laughs> um, but I guess I wanted to ask you like how you came about picking your album. So I was born April 2nd, 1989, as it says here, I, you know, I wrote it down just to make sure I was right. Um, so I was in elementary school from August of 1994 through I'm guessing June. I think, you know, in elementary school, our last day of school was in June. We didn't get out before um, Memorial day. So June of the year 2000. And so I picked Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt, which came out in 1995, came out on October 10th of 1995. So I was in first grade when that one came out. And then I picked Equimini by Outcast, which came out September of 1998 when I was in fourth grade. And so you picked The Writings on the Wall by Destiny's Child, which came out in 99, and then Warning by Green Day in 2000. So I'll kind of get into why I chose my albums. What what made you choose, uh, you know, you chose a Destiny Child record, and you, you chose a Green Day record. How did you, you know, are you picking albums that, from bands that you were obsessed with, or are you just trying to engage with the time period by picking random albums? Like, how did you, how did you pick those two albums? I definitely picked, I, so I was, a, 
I liked Green Day a lot when I was in like middle school. Um, I like as we move forward with these podcasts, like people are gonna learn a lot about my not great music taste, and I don't really care. I'm very like I'm very happy with liking Green Day, and um, I would have picked Dookie, but it came out before I was in uh, school at all. I think it came out in 92 or 93. Um, and I think the album's great. But Warning was one of their albums, you know, in the 90s. And so um, it saw that same kind of like punk feel that like people like Green Day for that they like should go back to. <laughs> um, and for Destiny's Child, it, I picked The Writings on the Wall because... I think Say My Name was one of the first songs I, like, remember listening to, like, off the radio. Like, music that my parents weren't like, you can listen to the Eagles. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, I have that, I'm like, oh, this is something new and it's for me. And, like, it's not something that, like, my parents have picked. And my mom hated the song Say My Name because she's like, you shouldn't be saying anything about anyone acting shady. Like, you don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) So I, like, when I realized when it came out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that that album definitely has to be picked. Um, So, yeah, but both groups that I really do like their music um, and most, I mean, I listen to Beyonce still. I wouldn't say I still listen to Green Day as much. I've replaced them with Fall Out Boy, but... Um, yeah, that's how I picked those albums. How about you? What made you pick, um, you know, Tragic Kingdom and Aquamanai? I want to talk about your two first. I want to, okay. I want to kind of engage with yours two. And, and now I'll talk about mine, why I picked mine. But um, listening to the writings on the wall, man, like, I, I'm like, it's just banger after banger. Yeah. And it, you know, the writings, out, that, that record actually also came out when I was in elementary school. I think I was in fifth grade when that, when that album came out. And, you know, Say My Name was just a phenomenon. That was just, it's one of those pop songs, one of those pop R&B songs that just dominated radio. Yeah. And that was a different time. You know, this is before streaming music. This is before, you know, songs get uploaded on Spotify or whatever. And it's just like, it's, it was a different time period. Like record sales still meant a lot back then. Mm-hmm. And that was just, uh, it, 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 that song was just all over the place, um, Say My Name. And, you know, Destiny's Child itself, right, where they started with the four members and then, like, the Say My Name video drops. I was looking this up when I was doing research for this, and I remember this happening. So, like, the song comes out, and they do the video, and, like, the video, they replaced, there's, like, two versions of the video, maybe, or there's, the Say My Name video has, like, two new members of Destiny's Child who didn't record the song. And then the two members that they kicked out, like saw the video and were like, damn, like that's not us. So what's going on here? So like that, I remember that being a big thing with like the changing group members. Um, That's just, I'll talk a little bit more when we, when we dive into the categories and and start talking about the the albums more in depth, but like very nostalgic. I was felt very nostalgic listening to that album in preparation for this podcast. And then warning, I've never listened to a Green Day record before. Oh, wow. Um, or just like an album. I'm, yeah. I'm, using, I'm using the term record and album interchangeably, which is, you know, not probably smart of me, but um, 
I, when I think of Green Day, I think of American Idiot. American mm-hmm. Idiot came out when I was in high school and that was just a really big, there's, you know, certain, certain albums from when I was in high school that, you know, I just remember being huge. That one and then like songs about Jane and, you know, Speaker mm-hmm. Box, Love Below, like those are confessions, like those, that, that era of high school, um, American Idiot is one of those that, and that was just really, really big. It was a protest record against the Bush administration and then, um, they came to Des Moines at, at Wells Fargo Arena and performed. That was like one of the big, one of the first big concerts here in that venue. Um, it was a relatively new venue at the time. So, um, and then also I told I told my wife I would mention this because Green Day performed here in Des Moines like two years ago, maybe. And we were walking downtown and we saw their drummer. We were walking downtown with Rosa and like, it was just, you know, it was a random... Uh, it was like a Saturday afternoon or something. And he like comes up to us and he's just like, we're walking in the going the opposite way or whatever, but he like passes us and he kind of like smiles at Rosa and smiles at us and walks past us. I'm like, where do I know that guy from? Like that guy, did I see that guy at a bar or something? Like, how do I know that dude? And then I, I process who it is. And I tell my wife, like, I think that that was the drummer for green day or that looks like the drummer for green day. And she's like, and she works at she worked at Wells Fargo Arena at the time. She's like, they're performing tonight here, and we're like, oh shit, that's crazy. Um, so that's my that's my personal you know in depth connection to the band Green Day. But yeah, crazy. Um, so I was I was very interested to to listen to this album. Um, I picked mine just because um, Tragic Kingdom is I had never listened to it, and it's one of the, like the most popular albums from the nineties. Um. I really, I respect that band a lot. And there are songs of this album that I just really, really liked. And I'm not a ska fan. I don't really know a lot about ska music, but I just wanted to engage that. This is me engaging with the nineties. Picking Tragic Kingdom is me being like, I want to pick like a seminal nineties album. So I, so I picked that one. And then Aquemini is just, um, I, I I don't know. I don't know what I can say about Outkast that hasn't been said, but it's one of my favorite groups ever. Um, maybe the most brilliant rap group ever. Uh, their catalog of music is just classics on classics on classics. And the Outkast album that I'm probably most familiar with is Stankonia, which came out in 2000. It's the album after this. And then I mentioned Speaker Box Love Below, which is just, it took them to another, you know, they became the most popular music group, period. Like, not just rap group, but period off of that. And then one of my favorite albums of them is actually their last album, which is Idlewild. But Aquemini is just, I I wanted to do a classic Outkast album, and so that's why I picked that one. So I never listened to either album for Tragic Kingdom or Aquemini. Um, and I had not heard a single song off of Aquemini until I listened to this album. That's amazing to me. You told me that, and like that's that is amazing to me that you you never heard of uh, you never heard Rosa Parks before. No, never. Okay, I don't know how, and I I think it speaks to when the album came out and who my parents are. Like my dad is really big into jazz and would on occasion be like, okay, you can listen to like rap and R and B but he'd be like pretty selective. He's like, no, you can't listen to this. It's all cursing. And you can't listen to this because it's like, without saying it's about sex, he's like, you can't listen to this. Um, 
and yeah, my mom and stepfather are like big classic rock fans. So um, there was no time in the 90s for me to listen to Aquamanai. This is why I love this podcast, this idea, because we're learning a lot about each other here. Um, I think that why we chose which album and like what, what our musical tastes are, I think in general that says a lot about a person. So okay. for me, like I'm also, I'm a musician. Right? I play drums. I, I played drums since I was in second grade. And I learned how to play drums by playing jazz music. My mm. jazz teacher was a jazz drummer. So jazz was one of the first like genres of music that I really loved. So it was like jazz and then gospel and then like rap or, or hip hop. And I almost did uh, the album, The Score, the Fuji's The Score. That was all, almost my, one of my elementary school albums because that's like the first album that I remember listening to like all the way through and the score came out in 96. I have a very specific memory of visiting my cousin in Denver and listening to that album there with some of my other cousins. But there are some albums that I'll, I'll probably choose later on that kind of combine like genres, kind of combine like if you think of it, I won't do this later on because this is, you know, early 90s, but a, a group like A Tribe Called Quest, which really kind of fused jazz with hip hop and, and things like that. Like, so stuff like that really informed my musical tastes. And so, you, you know, you're talking about your parents liking, you know, the Eagles or, or Boston or, or, you know, whoever else or Journey or all these other <laughs> classic rock people. Like, yeah. I think that we can get kind of further into that when we talk about um, when we get to the episode of, of Records Before We Were Born. Um but okay, so yeah, so what did you what did you think about? So you you never listened to Tragic Kingdom either. Like, what did you um, before we get into the categories? I guess what were your thoughts on um, on Tragic Kingdom? I really enjoyed it. Um, I had it playing while I was potting plants, um, and my roommate was like, "Are you listening to No Doubt?" And then Outcast came on. And he's like, "Are you listening to Outcast?" I'm like, "Yeah." Um, both these albums are really interesting and good. Tragic Kingdom, like specifically. Um, of course, I had heard um, Just a Girl and Don't Speak and Spiderwebs. Like songs like that, like were still playing on the radio when I was into like middle school and even maybe high school. So like I, I knew those songs, but like the album, all of it, like, I think for the most part, I enjoyed listening to the whole album. Um, and it's, I'm like, man, how did I never listen to this before? Like, given what I listened to in like middle school, I'd listen to like The Offspring and um, The Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm like, this seems definitely in that category of music. Um, I probably would have liked No Doubt even better than those bands. So, um, Tragic Kingdom, really great. Uh, yeah. What did you think of like it being not an album that you necessarily had sought out before now? You picked it because it was a big part of the 90s. It made me think about what I remember from the album coming out. So I, I had heard Don't Speak and Just a Girl before. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about both of those songs later on. But, you know, I, I had, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of who No Doubt is. Like that was a band that was big through yeah. even into high school and then you know, Gwen Stefani, um, had, you know, left the group and did her own, or I don't know if she like left the group, quote unquote, but she, you know, and embarked on her solo career, which, you know, she did songs with Eve and um, she kind of 
has a lot of different musical influences um, outside of ska for for what he was interested in. But um, it was it was interesting when I when I listened to the album, it made me think of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater because <laughs> there's like a lot of ska songs oh, yeah. on that, and I spent a lot of time playing that game back in the day. So that's what I immediately thought of. It's it's just funny how like music triggers certain memories for you and um that was one one for me um and it just made me so speaking of tragic kingdom specifically like i i listened to a Cormani first okay and then and then i listened to tragic kingdom second and so the differences in the two obviously beyond it being different genres of music like i was what i what really caught me was the regions of the country they're from Right. So Outkast obviously is like the Atlanta band. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of Atlanta, Outkast should be number one of, of what you think of. But, you know, Aquemini is just a very southern album in general. Mm-hmm. And Outkast, obviously, like they're the kings of southern rap. But, you know, like they're known for Atlanta, but just like they have these these skits in there and they're, you know, they have very thick accents. And the style of music is just, you know it's influenced by when you talk about a song like Rosa Parks, which is just very, um, you know, bluesy and kind of, it's just very Southern. And then you go into no doubt and it's just more, you know, Southern California, Gwen Stefani singing in her, you know, her, her inflections are just, it's very, it's obviously very different than Atlanta. And so that's what I'm, it was just, it's like going from like today you're in Philadelphia and then the next day you take a trip and you're in Istanbul. Like that's what it was like for me. Like it was just completely a completely different frame of reference based on where they were. And so, you know, two dudes growing up in Atlanta, um, you know, big boys from Savannah, but also Atlanta. And then, you know, a, a, a group from Anaheim, California that grew up there, it's going to just sound really different. They're going to be influenced by different genres of music and just like the people around them. So that's, that's kind of what I thought about that. Um, what did you think of, what, what were your thoughts on? So what do you know about Out, Outcast? I guess? Like, what did you, as you were listening to Equimini, like, what did you, what stuck out, stuck out to you about that out? Um, like you mentioned, like the skits where they have like the, I didn't expect all the talking and um, I was like, oh, this is just like a piece of like the, the storytelling that comes in music. Um, And prior to listening to this, like, so I've of course heard the song, Hey Ya and hate it. Like I want to kill the song. Um, So like for the longest time, I'm like, ah, this is the only outcast song I know. And I do not like it. Do not care for this. Do not. But like, did you not care for it because it was overplayed or just like the style of it you didn't like? Um, I think it was overplayed. I, it was just on, it was on so many things. Like I'm sure it's how everyone feels about like Imagine Dragons and like when Taylor Swift was, her song was on the college football commercial and it wasn't even one of her good songs. It's just like a uh, yuck. Um, but like there are other outcast songs I really enjoy like Roses and, um, Miss Jackson. So I'm just like, I, I like went into it kind of thinking of those type, those songs where they're like really kind of upbeat and like, where I'm like, yeah, I'd listen to this while I like, you know, drive or get ready or whatever. Um, 
just for something kind of fun to listen to. Um, but this was not that. Um, that's not to say I did not enjoy it. It just was not, it did not, uh, my expectations and my reality did not hold hands in this. Um, but I probably will like continue to listen to Aquamini. We'll be selective about the time I listen to it. Cause there are some songs that I'm like, this is just really heavy. I can't. With this. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but it's re- like, it's a really good album. And I, I feel like they're like, you know that they're telling a story while you listen to this album. This is their like ultimate like storytelling album for sure. It's, it's funny when I heard um, Kendrick Lamar's damn album, mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, well, he made his version of Equimini basically where it's just very heavy in the storytelling, like spoken word even their songs, and, and we'll talk about this a little later when we get into the categories, but one of the songs I picked for one of the categories is like, they don't rap. It's just, there's music and there it's like spoken word poetry, basically. Mm-hmm. And they were just, you know, one of the themes of, of Equimini is, and I found this really fascinating too, is they're engaging with their fans in terms of what their fans' perception of them is. So Rosa Parks, would, and I, we keep referencing that song because that's like one of their most popular outcast songs, period. Mm-hmm. It was a single off of this album. And um, Rosa Parks, especially Andre 3000's verse, is basically about um, the perspective of, of a fan who, you know, they got their latest groups, their favorite you know, group's latest album and they didn't like it. They thought it was trash. They thought that they're slipping, they're falling off. And that's a big thing in rap, obviously, right? And I've heard Andre, I remember reading a a, a, a profile of him years ago, maybe when I was in college. And he said, uh, there's a quote in that profile that I've, it's stuck with me since where he says, rapping is like boxing and it's a young man's sport. And it's like, no matter how good you are, eventually you're going to lose your skills. And mm-hmm. so... There, this idea of a pre-internet, you know, again, 1998, well, you know, the, the internet exists, but pre like social media, pre like heavy internet, where we can just put, you know, a, a, you know, Drake releases an album at 10 p.m. And then by 1024, there's 30 reviews of the album, right? So there's this instant feedback and that didn't really exist back then, but they still, through word of mouth, through magazine reviews or whatever else it is they're hearing from their from people who are like i mean they're already the weird rap group just by you know andre 2000s the way he dressed and their their production style like they're already weird and so now people are kind of saying well maybe are they losing their skills and so rosa parks is like kind of an answer to that and um i just thought that that was really really fascinating and listening to it as as an adult because this is an album that I was familiar with, but like to this is like the first time I listened to it all the way through as an adult, and so you you kind of pick up on different things that you didn't back then. So from that perspective, uh, it was a, a really fun listen. I wanted to talk to you a little bit too about Warning. Um, I I don't know when the last time you listened to this record was, but like, what did you think about it on your re-listen? Um. On my re-listen, I was like, oh, man, I forgot that they had, like, a very specific sound. Um, 
like I feel like American Idiot while okay I enjoyed American Idiot um it didn't sound like Borning and I mean this was their sixth or seventh album and kind of all of the ones leading up to this and including this one like it's very just like it's almost just like noise um where you're just like all right you are here you're not really trying to like create a sound that like everyone wants to listen to you are not trying to be ariana grande of course ariana grande wasn't even born when this album came out i don't know um but like re-listening to it it was just like all right like this is just kind of simple punk music and um it's nothing like it's no frills I don't know like that's kind of where I'm going with this is like it's just no frills music um where I feel like once you get into like the 2000s um like the very mainstream punk that you see is just like a little more um refined to be what everyone wants to consume where like this album I don't think is that and um yeah it's enjoyable they have like songs and I think on any most Green Day albums like they have a couple of songs that are just like slower and like very like I think they sound really thoughtful um and that like again that fits kind of their aesthetic or their old aesthetic that's not again the case anymore so i need you to educate me because i don't i as someone who loves music as as much as i do and i love all not all different but i I love a multitude of different genres of music um but rock music i'm not sure how to I'm not sure how to listen to it just because I'm not as familiar with it. And I want yeah. to try to familiarize, familiarize myself with it more. Um, I just didn't listen to it growing up. And so it's hard. It's harder for me to tell what's good or bad, you know, which is subjective anyways, but it's, yeah. it's harder for me to tell like what's better or worse from rock music and certainly from ska music than it is with, you know, hip hop, jazz and then classical like those are the hip-hop jazz and gospel are the probably the three genres of music that i'm the most familiar with and can can criticize the most uh, i feel the most comfortable criticizing i guess and not criticizing purely in a um a negative sense but more analyzing i guess so one of the things i was thinking about listening to tragic kingdom versus warning is like the difference between like ska music and punk rock mm-hmm which I think there's a lot of punk influence in Tragic Kingdom. Yeah. But like I, one of the things I liked about Warning was I, I completely agree with you in terms of it being no frills. Um, it's a really tight album. I think it's the shortest album out of all, out of all four. The songs are about between, you know, there's some songs that are like two minutes and 40 seconds. And um, I'm... I guess like as far as Green Day's other albums and I haven't, you know, I've, I know the song American Idiot and I know, uh, I think Wake Me Up When September Ends is on that same album. So those are like my two Green Day songs that I'm familiar with, but like, is, is this, is Warning like radically different than their other records or like, is it, is it, do people consider it not as good or better? Like, where does it rank in their, 
um, in the pantheon of Green Day albums for you, I guess? Ooh, for me versus other people's, where that is a, a big differentiator. For other people, I do not know where Morning ranks. Um, I know that Dookie gets like the highest praise. Um, and Morning, if I had to make an educated guess, probably gets like a B as an album. A low B, a high C as a punk rock album. Um, like, I don't think it's one of their albums people talk about a lot. Like um, Nimrod, the album that came out before this one, gets a little bit more attention. American Idiot gets a lot of attention. Um, the album they put out after American Idiot that I can't think of what it's called because it was just like not that great. Um, I... And I think like within like punk rock, I wouldn't say Green Day is the peak of it. Um, Who is? I don't even know. Like that's the thing. I like I could not make like the best guess at that um, because it would be it would be probably a group that is not super mainstream. Like Green Day is pretty mainstream like most people okay. have heard of green day yeah and yeah so like i maybe like rise against would be i ugh. and i mean obviously there's stuff like i think like i guess like the sex pistols or whatever like i don't even know yeah if, I, that's like the 70s or 80s i guess i don't know but like um i guess for our time like our you know we're relatively close in age and mm-hmm. I, i've you know i've heard of fallout Foul boy um but yeah, Green Day is like probably the most, I mean, it's one of, it, maybe the most like popular rock band from when I was in high school. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear like, this is an album to me, like people could tell me like, this is the best Green Day album. I'd be like, okay, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. But um, listening to the music, it is like really it's pretty straightforward. I feel like, I, th- I feel like the song versus like a tragic kingdom, which again, sky's kind of different than like the punk that green day is doing, but like, there's just kind of a lot going on in some of yeah. the songs in tragic kingdom, right? Like there's, um, you know, there, there's like saxophones playing and trombones and like, there's just, you know, the music is like kind of frantic at times, whereas warning is very, it's very kind of like just straightforward, like, down the center and I don't mean that in a boring way but it's just very straightforward like rock music or what I perceive that to be so yeah I I agree with that and yeah this is a they're not doing they're not doing too much on this album um and I think before I had so before picking this album, like the songs from it that like I knew pretty well were like Morning, Minority, Macy's Day Parade, and Waiting. And like they're all like, I guess, in the discography of Green Day, they're on like the more mellow side. Um, and yeah, no wild instrumentals. It's just here they're just here making music um i think this is before they just like start wearing all black and wearing makeup mm-hmm. that makes me think of uh my chemical romance another 
big rock band from that. Was yes, I I'm a fan of My Chemical Romance, and yeah, like I would lump like Green Day and My Chemical Romance, and like a lot of these like very very popular like rock bands, like I'd lump them together, and they would not be who I would consider to be the best. Okay, uh, or who I take that back. Who people who are like very educated about like sure, rock yeah. and punk rock music, like they would not probably consider them to be the best bands. They'd be like, nope, that's like mainstream trash, which I'm like, my God, everyone is just a hipster music critic. I can't, um, if people like this music, like that's a good sign. <laughs> Before we get into the categories, um, mm-hmm. I want to talk briefly about um, the writings on the wall. Yes. Um, I just think about the career of Beyonce and her starting in this group. And um, it's a very, like this, listening to this, I'm like, they don't make albums like this anymore. Like literally, like this this, like super, like heavily produced R&B, like every song is about relationships. Like these albums, this, this type of album doesn't get made now. Um, and that's just the, the changing times, I guess. But it, it's so, this is their second album and it's just so, it's very polished and it's very, um, it's very confident and it was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And I wonder as someone who, like, I like Beyonce. I'm I wouldn't say that I'm like her biggest fan just because um just because I know like her fans are like deep into it and I like I know a lot of her songs obviously and she's um probably probably our greatest living performer um mm-hmm. probably the greatest living performer since Michael Jackson um she is someone who just when I think of Beyonce, I think of someone who is a genius in the sense of like having a vision and executing her vision. And, um, but like, I'm like, people will know like song number six on B day. And like, I don't know that type of stuff. Right. Like I'm not that deep into it, but like, I just, um, I'm a fan of her, of, of her music, but like, I'm not like, I'm not a hive member, I guess. Um, but she's amazing and she's seeing lead on like 90% of these songs. And I just thought about like the difference in R and B now versus when this came out. And it was a mixture of that. And then just like nostalgia for like listening to the songs when this album, when this album came out, because honestly, like this is the album that I knew most of the songs on and which I thought would be equipment, but it was actually this one. So it was just really fun to like re-listen to this one. What did you think about re-listening to Writings on the Wall? Uh, I really enjoyed it because I also knew quite a few songs because there's still songs that like people are listening to. Like people still listen to like Say My Name, just as an example. So like um, Spotify has a playlist of like covers of songs and I get it. Like everyone wants to cover hotel california or freebird whatever so hosier did a cover of say my name and i'm just like wow what a what a song to pick 
what an iconic song for this singer songwriter to pick and do a cover of um so like people still listen to the album people still like the song like jumpin jumpin and bills 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 are songs that like i still hear on the radio when i had you know when i used to drive seven months ago um like no one stops listening to this album it's a fun album the music's all really good and like yeah destiny's child kind of had its ups and downs in terms of people being like quote like members but like you don't really think about the fact that like michelle wasn't like the solid member of the group like it wasn't the three like you just listen to it and you're like oh man that album's really great and oh right like they were kind of going through some changes but like that doesn't matter because they were still putting out very good music it's so true um these are still popular songs these songs will you know like i said they're not gonna make they don't make albums like this anymore but like they have like four timeless songs on this album which is pretty pretty remarkable to think about um just banger after banger and i i texted you about that but like it's this album the sequencing is like jumping jumping and then say my name is right after it like back to back i'm just like my god like that's just like that's like two consecutive championships like it's crazy like they just it's it's an it's a phenomenal album and it was really really fun to to listen to it again do you want to get into the categories yes so let's talk about the best songs off the albums um tragic kingdom what'd you pick for your best song i picked just a girl just a girl is a banger like that's it's the definition of a banger i love that song and that song is like one of the reasons why i picked the album it's just uh did you see captain marvel no i was a bad fan and skipped that one so i could watch the last avengers well there's a there's a music cue towards the end like she has a big fight scene and that movie takes place i'm pretty sure like 95 so like just a girl drops like right as she's about to go into this big fight scene and it's just tough because like the moment i i wanted to i wanted it to hit harder Mm because like i like the movie i just wanted it to be a little better and i'm very excited for um nia da costa is um directing the sequel which i'm very excited for first um first black woman to direct a marvel film um but that song is in there and i just wanted it to hit a little harder because like this song is just amazing i love it i love it's to me it's the most unique song on the album and i just like love how just like i love the i love the drums on the song i'm a drummer so um i just love i love the way the snare sounds and that like it kind of it like the way the drums like move the song forward, just like propel the song that like, I love that. So I love, I love this song. What did you pick? I also picked just a girl because I just want to jam out to it. Um, as not a musically inclined person. Um, 
I definitely pick songs based off of what I can just be like, yes, this is great. This like makes me just want to get up and like not dance well, but just a girl. um, Like it's just so like fast and upbeat. She's like, yes, I just want to jam out to this song in my car. Um, That's why I picked it as the best song as we go on through this, that a lot of decisions are like, what can I jam out to um, in my car driving down the highway in Texas. I feel like that's what, I mean, a lot of people are like that. That's what most people are like. I'm, you know, I have songs where not everyone, you know, I have songs where I'm very analytical and very, you know, um, very heady about why I like things or, you know, the fake deepness that I do or whatever. And then some shit, I'm just like, when I get drunk, like I'm going to, I'm about to dance to this one. Like this one's great. So, um, I completely respect that reasoning. And it's a banger. I love the way her voice sounds on the song. Like, yes. it's, just, it's incredible. It, like, you listen to Just a Girl and then, you know, eventually get back to, uh, get to Hollaback Girl and you're like, yep, it makes sense that we got here from where we started. Like, it makes sense. I'm here for it. I'm not against it. It's still, like, she's still out here. I mean, you want to talk about drums on a song. Hollaback Girl, man. Great. Great drums on that one. Facts. What what did you pick for Equimini for best song? So I picked Rosa Parks. Um, I went back and forth on what category to put it in, but I think it is the best song because it was a song that didn't fully frighten me um, when I listened <laughs> to the lyrics. Um, I, like, I have to look up lyrics. I have to be like, all right, what am I, what's going on here? Am sure. I missing something? And I was like, yep, Rosa Parks wins um, this one. It is a song that I'll probably put on like my normal playlists. Like I will pull that out and put it on to either like a driving one or like one where I'm sitting in my office, quote unquote, at my desk listening to it. What about you? Would you pick for the best song off of Equimini? It's Rosa Parks. It has to be. That's, um, I didn't, I mean, it's, it's the basic pick quote unquote, cause it's like one of their most popular songs and it was a single from the album, obviously, but like, it's, it's just, it's, it's the most out of these four albums It's the song I had the most visceral reaction to when it came on. And that's part of that is nostalgia from, you know, remembering when the song came out and being a kid and, um, but you know, it starts off with that like layering of the of their different voices and the. I'm gonna. I don't want to sing on this podcast. You can't play the music. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna avoid like singing or, or rapping or what have you. But just that intro when it comes on, and it fades in on the layered voices, and it's just like you know this southern bluesy influenced song. There's kind of call and response, and there's the harmonica in, in part of it, and it's just like. Um, I love that song. It's the best song on the, on the record. So, uh, warning, what did you pick for best song? I picked waiting because it is, it's a green day song there. I, while I enjoy a lot of their more like up tempo or upbeat songs, whatever. Um, I enjoy, and like waiting has it, it's not like it's a slow song by any means, but, um, I enjoy a lot of their songs that are like just really nice and thoughtful. Um, and that's one of them. Like, I think that waiting just sounds very pleasant. I 
do listen to it a lot. So that's, I wouldn't jam in my car to it, but I like it. What about you? That's a good pick. I picked Warning, um, the the opener. Mm-hmm. I have a thing about album openers. I just think that, you know, you have to, you got to make a good impression. True. You got to make a good first impression. And the opener, I was just like, I listened to it after Tragic Kingdom. So I went Equimini, Tragic Kingdom, Warning, and Writings on the Wall. Okay. And so going from Tragic Kingdom to Warning, it was just like a palate cleanser almost. I was like, oh, like this is much different from Tragic Kingdom. Not that Tragic Kingdom was bad or I had a negative listening experience to it, but I'm like, this is definitely a shift. And it's still rock, but it's different. And it's very like, again, straightforward, very clean, very, um, you know, it's a bass guitar, a lead guitar, and a drummer. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to do their thing. They're going to, they're going to play well. And it's, it's just right down the middle. And I just liked it. It was very, um, it was almost like comforting in a sense. So I just liked it. I liked it a lot. I respect that. It's a very good opener um, and introduction to the album. And it's really good. Um, What'd you pick for the best song for writings on the wall? I went back and forth, but I, I had to go say my name. Man, what a banger. Uh, one of their most popular songs, maybe the most popular Destiny's Child song. Yeah. It was since I can't overstate how big the song was. And I'm sure, I mean, you you were alive, you remember it, but like this was just such a <laughs> yeah. this was such a the song was everywhere. And the music, do you remember the music video for it? I do. So I remember they were on couches. Um, yeah, on and it's like different things. colors. Yes, yeah. Like different like set pieces where okay, they're orange and then you know. Kelly's in the purple couch and everybody. And then they're just like, kind of like kind of switching on different beats and like looking at each other. Like I'm doing it now, even though you can't see me, <laughs> but like, yeah, I do remember that. I need, I should have watched the video again before I listened to it or before I recorded this podcast, but yeah. Man, that song was such a big deal. And like the music video was big. Like everything about say my name was so big. What did you go for? what did you go for? Um, I picked jump in, jump in because I like that's a song that I'm like yes let's listen to this song and just like get ready to go I'm like we can go for a run we can go out partying I don't really care what I mean now at this point in life I'm probably going for a run Um, right I love that song do you remember when we used to like listen to music before we would go out to like bars or whatever remember (laughs) that aspect of life Jeez. Uh, yeah, this this was a this would be a great you know pregame song. Um, yeah. I was ba- I was back and forth between "Say My Name" and "Jumpin' Jumpin'." Okay, for best song. Um, but yeah, I won't say my name. But "Jumpin' Jumpin'" is just, again like to go from "Jumpin' Jumpin'" right into "Say My Name" on the album is just like ridiculous. But it's uh it's a great song. Another huge song from from this album. That whole album is like a pre-game album. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, worst song category now. I don't want to spend a lot of time on these because, like, from for certain ones, I'm just like it's tough for me to even like. Yeah. Worst song. Yes. But I don't know. I think it's good to have a little bit of criticism on these podcasts, I guess. But um, what did you put for for Tragic Kingdom? So worst song I picked. You can do it, and that was kind of like I don't know. I just didn't. It was kind of just like a disco-y type influenced song, and I just didn't really. I wasn't really into it that much, so that's why I picked that one. What did you pick? I picked different people just because I was like, ah, I don't like, I, it's not that I didn't like it. I was just like, ah, I just like, it doesn't do it for me. 
Um, and I like probably wouldn't listen to it again. <laughs> yeah. So for Aquamanai, which one did you pick? I picked Mamacita. Um, the beat was okay, but like, it was just like, it's just kind of forgettable and kind of just like, I didn't like, there's, it's one of those, this is something that Outcast does a lot, but they'll, Outcast was a part of like the Dungeon Family Collective and which people like, you know, Big Gip and like, um, just the other different rappers and stuff. And some of those, some of those dudes were great and some of them like weren't as great. And so when they include verses from like a whole bunch of different people, I'm just not really, I just like, I don't want to hear y'all rap. I want to hear big boy and Andre rap. So that's why I picked that one. What did you pick? I picked Mama Cita also because I didn't like the lyrics. They scared me. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, Oh, this isn't for me. Uh, which, a little too heavy, huh? It was. Yeah. I'm like, and as we go through more albums, the more I'll be like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't love this song. Um, that was probably the easiest one of this category to be like, I don't love this um, mm-hmm. for all these albums. For Warning, which song did you think? I picked Jackass. Okay. Um, and I don't even remember why specifically, but I just, I, I don't know. I did, it didn't connect with me, I guess. And this is, again, like some, I'm almost afraid to pick worst song on a rock song because on a rock album because i just don't really i'm i'm still learning how to listen to those albums because i feel like some people would be like oh man jackass is like the best song on the album i'm like i don't know i just didn't really i don't know Mm, i don't think anyone's gonna say that (laughs) um yeah i don't think anyone's gonna say that (laughs) like What, what did you go with um i went with misery just because it was like not a super memorable song to me and i was like ah this is just not i wasn't vibing with it to sound like the millennial trash i am sometimes you just don't vibe with songs and that's yeah. like it's equal to you know you love a song because you want to dance to it and you might hate a song because you just don't vibe to it it's that's just true. it's just facts for writings on the wall what did you go with for worst song um i went with she can't love you because I was just like, mm, I don't love this. This kind of kills the vibe for me of like the rest of the album. Um, and there might've been like two other songs. I was like, yeah, this is kind of like, I just want the happy feeling. Not that this is a happy album, but like, I don't know, like the vibe of writings on the wall. You're like, yes, I just want to like listen to this and get excited. There's also like a song on there that's kind of similar. So like, she can't love you is about like trying like so so much of the of the album is about um bad relationships with men. Yeah, like being like I'm like you're trash. And I'm gonna leave you and I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah. But then there's some like she can't love you, and then there's like a confession song or something like that where it's just like, let's run away together. You leave your girl i'll leave my man and and just like run away together i'm like this is kind of like different from the vibe of the rest of the album but whatever yeah i don't it's not a vibe i like like mm, mm. yeah (laughs) which one did you pick for the worst i picked 16 which weirdly is uh tragic kingdom has a song on it called 16 too but um it's i don't know it was just kind of slocky kind of like after school especially um you know, about like a girl, a young girl who like starts dating an older, older guy and it goes wrong. And like, I respect the sentiment, but it's just kind of just like a little corny to me. Yeah. 
just not a just not doing it for the rest yeah. again like some of the songs just don't necessarily fit the overall vibe i agree next category very excited for this one most singable i think that we should require we we each sing a little bit of the song i don't think i can no, sing I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also there might be some copyright issues with that yeah, no no i've i'm very i've i've already been on the record saying it, like i'm gonna do everything i can to not sing on this podcast uh for tragic kingdom what do you think is the most singable spider webs is and because that's i think that is one that i like do sing along to and just like get into it um it was it was between spider webs and just a girl but like i think spider webs i get way more into what what did you pick pick don't speak um this is another song that i remember being very big at the time Mm. and i remember this video yeah. Um, it's crazy. Like this song is, it's like a breakup song that she wrote, Gwen Stefani wrote about the guy in the band, like Tony Canale or whatever, like, and it becomes like their biggest song. And it's about like a breakup of like, but they're still bandmates. I always thought that was weird. But when I said, when I told um, Elisa that I was doing this podcast and she asked like what albums we were doing, and I said, Tragic Kingdom, like I barely got the words Tragic Kingdom out before she started singing Don't Speak. So <laughs> I love that. Great, uh, great song. Very singable song. Um, Aquam and I, what did you pick for most singable? Uh, Slump. Because it was like pretty, like to me, a song is like, if it's super singable, it's like you can kind of like bop to it and like get Mm -hmm. into it. And so Slump was like that to me. Like I was like, oh, like this is a song that's like very, like kind of fun. But wasn't Rosa Parks. But yeah, what did what did you pick for most singable? I picked Rosa Parks again. I had to like it's. it's just, I mean, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And again, like when this one came on, and I, you know, I was trying to be disciplined and not just. I, I listened to the albums all the way through, and not just list picked out the songs that I you know are familiar with or that I like the most, and then go back and listen. Like I listened to it all the way through, and this one came in. When the fade in starts, man, I just like, I was just bopping so hard and just like, I just love this song. So, and it's one that I know, you know, most of the lyrics too. So, great. I like that. It helps to know the lyrics if it's a singable song. Exactly. Sometimes you can fake it, but you know, what are you going to do? I don't think you can fake it for an outcast song. Like, that's true. You have to know the lyrics. That's true. It's very true. For warning. What was the most singable song to you? For a warning, I went with Waiting. Um, I swear, like, that that song has to have been in, like, a movie. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's, like, uh, like, American Pie or something, or, like, I don't know what it was. But, like, as soon as I heard that song, I'm like, I, I know this song from a movie. And I should have, like, looked it up, but I didn't because I'm lazy. But great song. Great chorus. You know, just easily. A lot of it is, for most singable song, I feel like, for the rest of these podcasts, it's just, you know, if the chorus is, you know, memorable and singable, like that's what we're going to base it on. So that's fair. And like, yeah. even with that, it's probably maybe three chords. It's a very simple song. Yeah. Yeah. What did you pick? I picked Macy's Day Parade because that is, I think, the one that I know the most words to. Um, and it's it's not... It, goes off brand where I'm like, oh, I like really like upbeat songs, but um, 
Macy's Day Parade is not, but I definitely think it's like super singable and like in that where it's also really simple. It's a very simple song. Um, That's the last song on the record, right? It is. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. Um, So then for the writings on the wall, what was most singable to you? Jumping, jumping. I had to. A great one. That's, you know, I remember singing that song with my sister and my cousin back in the day, like all the time. And then like, there was some kind of, some kind of like parody version that we used to sing. And it was just, I just, I love it. Love that song. Very straightforward pick for me. Um, It's just, I agree with you about it being a great um, pregame song. Just great. Love it. What about you? I picked Bills, Bills, Bills because I had a friend who, one night we were talking about like doing karaoke and she's like, if I was going to do karaoke, I would do Bills, Bills, Bills. And I was like, all right, that's a song that people sing. That yeah. is a karaoke song. So that's really the only reason I was like, yeah, this is a karaoke song. It is most singable. Um, and I'm, I feel like people would have fun doing it as a karaoke song. That's a good call. The Johnny Manziel money sign. And it like, it works. <laughs> hundred percent. I didn't even think about that. That's a good, that's a good call to even think about like for singable song category. Like what are you, what are you going to do for karaoke? What song on this album would you do for karaoke? Well, I mean like this whole album, not the yeah. whole album, but most of this album of the four albums that we we're talking about, um, most songs that people would do at karaoke would be from the writings on the wall. Like it has the most singable songs on it. I agree. hundred percent. 100% agree. Let's do last category, most underrated. We're going to pick the most underrated song, in our opinion, on each of these albums. Tragic Kingdom, what did you go with? I picked uh, World Go Round. It was just like a song that I, to my understanding, we've talked about like what we remember from the 90s of like Just a Girl and Don't Speak. But I don't think like World Go Round has ever been one that I'm like, oh, yes, I've heard this song and I know that it's no doubt like I would have to listen to Tragic Kingdom to know that. And I thought it was a really good song. What about Mm -hmm. you? I picked The Climb. The Climb, I think, is like the longest song on the album. And it's just there's like a gospel influence on it, kind of. There's it's very like big and. It's, uh, I really liked it. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's almost like it's, it's one of those good concert songs. I think about watching the band at a concert and like one of the songs that all their fans would want them to play. Like I think of the climb, I just, I really liked it. It was, it's a, a big, like outlandish mm-hmm. song in a way that I liked. So that's why I went with that one. That's good. Um, for Aquemini, what did you pick for the most underrated? For Aquemini, so this is tough because this, like, for, like, big outcast heads, this isn't underrated at all, but I went to, I thought about, like, mainstream people who, like, would only, people who know all, only their mainstream stuff, like a Hey Ya or, like, a Miss Jackson or, like, um, uh, I guess Elevators off of AT Aliens is another one that comes to mind, but, um, it's a Spodiopi Dobalicious. It's the one that I was talking about earlier where it's just like, it's the spoken word, basically. Mm-hmm. And again, like this is one of their, for like outcast fans or who are people who are really into them, 
like this is one of their this is like one of their all-time songs but um i don't think it's like as well known as some of their other stuff like broadly more broadly so that's why i went with this one what did you go with i went with chonky fire and this is me saying it with having no idea what songs other than rosa parks like listening to rosa parks you can tell that that song even if like you have no understanding of like what was happening at the time and like when the album came out what what the single was like you listen to rosa parks do you know that that went out into the world with a purpose it like was released and they wanted people mass consumption of it chunky fire might have been that i don't know to me i'm like wow i really wish that this was on the radio maybe it is maybe i'm not listening to enough rap stations i don't know that's why i picked it though because i liked it and was like this is underrated i've never heard of it I remember maybe last year or so, I remember Questlove tweeting about Chonky Fire and like just randomly about how much he loved it. And cool. it's great. It's a great song. Chonky Fire, I believe, is the last song on Aquemini. And I'm a, I just, again, I'm a big first song person. I'm a big last song per- person. Make a good okay. first impression. Make a good last first impression. That's really important on an album. So it's gr- great, great song. It's important for an album. It's important for a presentation. It's important for a stand-up routine. Like the opening and closing, yes. most important things. One hundred percent. What did you go with for most underrated on Warning? Um, I picked Hold On because it sounds a little bit different than the rest of the album. Um, and I'm like, man, this isn't really like a Green Day song that people like go to, and they're like, yeah, I want to listen to Hold On. Um, it just it has a different vibe. It has a different sound within the same, you know, constraints of it being a guitarist, a bass guitarist, and a drummer. Um, yeah. That's a good one. I like that one too. Okay, good. Um, for me, I picked Blood, Sex, and Booze, which is a song I think about like sadomasochism. So I'm not sure what that says about me. <laughs> Uh, but it was, it's like the second song on the album and it's, this is the one that I think is like the most unique on this one. And it's very, I like the drums on the song. I love the way that, um, it's kind of like a shuffly type song, like the dum, 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 ba, dum, 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 like, I just, I like that. Um, I don't, it's, I liked it. And I don't know. Maybe I need therapy. I don't know. We don't kink shame on this show. Do whatever you want with a, whatever consent you want in the bedroom. It's none of our business, but I don't know. I like the song. What can I say? Uh, great segue again, Arnold. Uh, most underrated for writings on the wall. What did you pick? Uh, I picked Bugaboo, which I think is like people know the song because people know a lot of this with it the timing of when this album came out when people listen to the whole album because they had to buy the whole album you can just be like i would like to buy three songs and i want to make sure that drake is featured on it and dj khaled all right great i bought three songs you buy the whole album um and like bugaboo was a song people know but i think it didn't get the um the hype that it deserved that's why i'm like oh it's it's underrated. Like people know it, but like it deserves more recognition because it's a fun song. It's a great song. That's a, another. That, 
I had like forgotten how many like classic songs are on this album. So when like Bugaboo came on, I was like, oh my God, like I forgot this was on here. So yeah. 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 And like, it's just like, oh man, like why did, and like Bills, 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 Jumpin', Jumpin', Say My Name, like they all like earn their spots. Like I'm not saying that they did not deserve the love that they continue to receive. Sure. Bugaboo should have gotten some love in that same way also. Um, what song did you pick? I went with So Good, okay. which is another opener. Um, yeah. The album starts with like a weird like intro and like there's this theme throughout the whole album about them, like these like commandments and it's like really weird. But um, So yeah. Good is like the first actual song. And this is one that I listened to and I'm pretty sure my sister had this song on a mix CD at the time because th- I hadn't heard this song in years like at least 15 years. Mm. And when it came on, I was like, oh my God, I forgot about this one. And I was like, I like sang along to it from like remembering like the verses from again, like I, years since I heard the song and I was like, oh my God. So I was like really into it and I just love it. I think it's not one that people think of when they think of Destiny's Child, but I, I love the song. And I think it needs more shine. So this is me giving so good more shine via podcast. I think it's a good a good way to give it more shine. It deserves it. It's a very solid pick. This is it. Yeah, we this was that was all of the the music, those four albums. I love this. I'm very excited to keep doing this. Do you have any like final thoughts on any of these albums? Like collectively or anything you want to say about any of them specifically or um well i think like collectively it is it's just very funny to listen to have listened to them like it was very funny to listen to them over the last couple weeks um and like think about you know the time of when they came out and like where all these artists are now um yeah for sure that's something that i just like like man who would have thought that like all these things would have happened and um how their music has kind of changed and i like can't speak too too much to like outcast but based off of like what i've listened to in life that's outcast i'm like this is different um so it's cool to just like know how they evolve without the guessing game of like how are they going to evolve next like i've already seen it um in terms of what they've put out since the 90s do you have any closing thoughts that's just an interesting way of looking at it that you just said, I didn't even think of that, but like, yeah, we have the benefit of time now. And as we progress in this series of podcasts, obviously we'll get closer and closer to the present. Yeah. But thinking back, I mean, these albums came out 25 years ago or whatever, 20 years ago. And so having the context of understanding what their catalog is now, because like at this time, you know, they weren't complete. Yeah. So, and some of the, I mean, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get another uh, Green Day, another um, Outcast album. I pray that we do. The last Outcast album came out when I was in high school, Idlewild, and we've been waiting ever since. I don't think it'll happen. I mean, we're certainly not going to get another Destiny's Child album. Maybe we'll get another Green Day album. I don't know. I, don't I know. think we'll get another Green Day album. Okay. I don't know if we'll get another No Doubt album or not. I don't know what the status of that band is, but it was cool to like look back on this and I'm, I'm glad that we have uh diverse like genres 
yeah of albums and i i'm i'm guessing that that will continue as the series progresses as well but this was a lot of fun and i'm i'm really excited to to keep going i know that we've discussed briefly whether or not we have our next episode ready i have one album that i know that i'm going to pick but i'm i'm waiting on the second one and i think you're the same correct so we are going to announce this week on twitter um, probably Tuesday or I think Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe we'll announce which albums we're going to be doing for our next episode, which is when we were both in middle school. It'll be fun. I'm excited. This was fun. And I think it's going to like, as we are like aging quote unquote um, through the music, like what we listen to and like what we pick, I think that'll be very fun. I'm looking forward to discussing it. Thank you all for listening to this podcast and tune in next week for our next batch of batch of albums and our next wonderful discussion. Looking forward to it. Same. Talk to you next week.